I think it's time we grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. How lucky are we to have a theme song like that? I'll tell you how lucky we are, but I'm going to tell you later. Because right now, what I need to do is say, Hello, welcome to the sudden but inevitable rebop. My name, of course, is Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse, and I am your host, just like always. Now, everybody knows that it's not just me here to take you through Cowboy Bebop with our two first-time anime viewers, okay? Of course, I could do that, but it would just be wrong. So instead, I have a lovely co-host, and of course, that lovely co-host is at Miss My Arm Cast Kylie. At Miss My Arm Cast Kylie, how's your week been? Hello, Jesse. It's been incredible and a long, busy, busy week. And as usual, very excited to uh, get to this point of my entire week. I agree 100%. Um, spoiler alert, I only worked for like three and a half hours today. Uh, so I'm in a good mood. There's not much that's going to change that. So um, how was is, how is work for you? Was it all good? Was there anything terrible you know, this was actually my first week of my big girl supervisor position, and it was very busy, but it just is going so well, and I'm happy camper, and life is good. I just couldn't be, I couldn't be more excited to cap off the week with such a fun show, so. That is excellent to hear. Now, of course, before we introduce the rest of the wonderful cast... Let's take a quick moment to say hello, thank you, welcome, and we love you to Callie and Rona D in the live chat. Uh, Callie, I believe it's 4.45 in the morning where you are, so thank you very much for making us part of your weekend as always. And Rona, I don't remember what time it is where you are, but if you throw it in the chat, I'll give you an appropriate greeting. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. Now, of course, we do have two anime first-time watchers and, you know, anime-resistant people to introduce you to. The first of those people is my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What's your week been like so far? Uh, it's been pretty good, just bebopping my way through the heat. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, what, a triple-digit heat more than once this week, roundabout our parts? Yes, it was. Um, it is was... that kind of rare for up north? It's usually a little bit cooler up there than it is in the city, right? Uh, well, it's just it's... hot and oppressive all the time. It was... Yeah. <laughs> in Colorado, it, it... yes. <laughs> exactly. It's got the same swing that any other part of Colorado has where, well, you guys I know how it is. I was up in Aspen, way up in the mountains, and it was still 93 degrees up there, so... Ugh, miserable. Rona, it's 3.45. Okay, well, uh, p.m. or a.m.? Good good 3.45, Rona. I apologize if the audio is a little bit poppy this week. We're working on it. There's not much that we can do, but there is something you can do. You can go check out the audio version Monday morning, and it will be smooth as butter, I promise. Now, 
Of course, the last regular member of our crew that we have to introduce is our other anime first-timer. And that, of course, is the head of the Twist My Arm Network and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, how has your week been so far? It's been it's been good, man. Uh, there's been... I've, oh, my God. I've been doing all the podcasts in the world this week. Um, this is my third out of five podcasts this week. Um, so I've been very busy with that, but it has been a nice, nice distraction from the real world, if you know what I mean. I, and we also have Mr. Baby Yoda hanging out with us on the Death Star windowsill today, because I had to bring him along for the ride. Why not, so, right? Yeah. Ah, 3.45 a.m. Scotland is an hour before Germany. Well, hello, Rona. Good morning. Thank you for is being this here. time that I do the Sean Connery accent? Does that yes. work? No, no, it never <laughs> is the time. <laughs> Speaking of Sean Connery accent, I got to be on the Green Shirt podcast last night, and that was so much fun. Um, I can't wait to listen to that episode three weeks from now. But if you haven't listened to Green Shirt yet, definitely go listen to them because they are hilarious. Oh, hello to Rosie. Rosie made it to the start of the stream. She says, yay, I'm here and happy that we are still introducing everyone. Hello, Rosie. Thank you for joining us. Um, Josh, I agree with you 100%. Green Shirt is probably some of the most fun I've ever had guesting. And as far as listening, uh, it's very enjoyable. I'm, I'm almost, I have two episodes left in their entire catalog. So go download all 90 plus episodes of Green Shirt. It's definitely worth your time. Um, Normally, that would be it for us, you guys. We would just be done introducing folks. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Did you have another point? Again, thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but we want to make sure that you guys get the best audio quality we can give you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Like Jesse was saying, we normally have just us four, but this week we do have a special guest he was hanging out with us last week, and we are super excited to introduce uh, Ricky's good friend and old roommate. His name is Phil. Hey. What's up, Phil? What up, Phil? Hey. How are you, man? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Um, Happy to be I here. Hear, I hear you're a pretty big Bebop fan. More than a little bit, probably. More than a little bit. Okay. All right. So it's probably like me and Star Wars then, right? Thereabouts, yeah. Yep. yep. I, I actually, we might have access to this, but I saw a photo of Phil with Shinichiro Watanabe that he actually met him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, would have been uh, NDK uh, in Denver back in 2017. Uh, Watanabe was one of the uh, one of the guests that had gotten flown over from Japan. Nice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience with Bebop. When did you first start watching Cowboy Bebop? Um, when did you first fall in love with it? Uh, would have been probably 2003 or so when I first ran into it on uh, on Adult Swim. Just catching a couple episodes here and there and got pretty hooked. The music first off just will get you. Um, I agree. I, I wish I, I wish I would have watched the show back when it was first airing because the music is definitely what would have got me into it as well. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I figured once I had the opportunity to actually see the whole thing beginning to end, it was just pretty immediately one of my favorite series. Heck yeah. And so how do you and Ricky know each other? Uh, random happenstance. Yeah. <laughs> we were put together in the dorms uh, our freshman year of college. And we just made good friends with a lot of other people on the floor. And it's just kind of persisted. Yeah. It's good people. We've also worked together in, uh, there were like the underclassmen dorms for freshmen and then upperclassmen like apartment buildings. And we spent a couple summers living together in those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, nice. So CSU would be my best guess? Uh, uh, UCCS, actually. Okay. Uh, in Colorado uh, Springs. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, well, okay. See, okay. I'm blown away. You guys are up <laughs> north, right? So. <laughs> Phil's still down in Colorado Springs. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from I'm the Loveland here. area, so I kind okay. of I've floated back and forth a couple times. Oh my gosh! Okay, so you you're the one who's who's traveled f- far and wide in the state of Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Awesome. Um, and I love your banner, by the way. What did you think about the Breath of the Wild two trailer that just came out? I am pumped. I'm playing through Breath of the Wild for the second time right now. Uh, I played it originally on the Wii U, playing through it now on the Switch, so that I am ready to oh, nice. uh, grab the DLC and play through Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever they call it, as soon as that's out. Nice. Yeah, I need to do that again. I, I've played through it twice already, because the first time I played through, played through it, beat it, you know, it was awesome, and then I let my friend borrow the, the Switch, and he deleted my whole game progress for whatever reason, so I had to play through it again, obviously. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> Now that two is coming out, I'm going to have to play through it a third time. Maybe I'll do that for TMA games. Well, if we're going to be talking video games, uh, (laughs) there's a like Zelda clone out from Ubisoft. Oh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's on sale this week. It's basically Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but it's set in the world of like old Greek and Roman gods. Oh, sweet. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's on deep discount right now. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if yeah. you are uh, digging the whole Greek gods thing and you haven't had a chance to check out Hades. Yeah. Got that one too. It. You played it more is that though. A, is it that a is, Nintendo game? Uh, it was on PC originally, but it's on, on the Switch now. It is actually hitting other consoles later this year. But it okay. is a, uh, a roguelite uh, where you play as uh, Zagreus, the son of Hades, and okay. you are trying to fight your way out of the Greek underworld. Nice. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you're you're on the same page as Ricky and I when it comes to Nintendo. You, you seem oh, like yeah. a Nintendo lover. That's yes. Oh, yeah. That's great to hear. You're a Bebop lover. You're a Nintendo lover. You're gonna fit right in. Do you like Star Wars? Oh yes. What about Star Trek? Yes, actually, finally, right, finally got around to watching the first season of Picard this week. I need to do that myself. It's I'm only like two episodes in, but it's spectacular. Heck yeah, I will. I will get into that. But it looks like Jesse is back. So uh, let's let's give the floor back to the host here. And uh, hopefully, hopefully things are good, right? Are things OK over there in Jesse? Land? <laughs> I was going to say, should I like just go ahead and take the reins and, and Jesse can pop in, you know, if he if he's able to come back? I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, let's All let's right. do that. So okay. give give us a little bit of a breakdown of what is it? We're talking about episodes five and five and six, yeah. I think. Ballad of the Fallen Angels. Ballad Absolutely. of the Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. Session. Session five and six. Um yes. But yeah, let's jump into it, man. I'm just, I'm excited. Well, so let's do this. And if Jesse can come back, I. Excuse me. <laughs> hey. Sounds like the delay is really bad. You know what? If you guys have to, you could do the show without me. But you know what, Kylie? I believe in your abilities as co-host. So why don't you go ahead and start with those synopses? All yeah, right. Let's, all right. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, it's Kylie's time to shine. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, well, Cowboy Bebop Session 5, we're talking about Ballad of Fallen Angels. Um, Spike aims to collect the bounty on a member of the Red Dragon Syndicate, but his mission leads him into a deadly showdown with a face from his past. Um, first thought there is I gotta say that watching anime in my childhood definitely, um, was a good way to, like, expand my vocabulary. So, syndicate is definitely one of those words, um... Crime syndicate, you know, things like that. Um, so I'm just excited. I, I wasn't sure. I, I guess I couldn't remember or pull from where I had heard that word before, but it's definitely Cowboy Bebop. So that's kind of fun. Um, anywho, though, jumping on in, some of the important characters that we have um, in this episode are going to be Mao Yen Rai. Um, and then we get to meet Vicious, which is the old friend, the old face that you see. Um, and then you got Annie, which is a fun character. And a couple other fun faces that we will talk about um, going forward into that. So, um, I guess my, uh, the, my, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, let's just dive into this first scene because this first scene is incredible. The whole, like, they're, they're making a truce, it looks like, between, to me, it kind of looks like a Yakuza truce uh, with them and some other gang you know and then white, white tiger, tiger syndicate white mm-hmm. white tiger syndicate it was it the yakuza and the white tiger syndicate no red dragon oh red dragon and white, and tiger. The white okay. tiger yes okay i i'm sorry sometimes i i am really bad with names of things sometimes but that is i mean to me that's just like one of the coolest scenes of of both of these episodes um especially with like the whole ah the the I don't know the the blood, <laughs> like the violence of this scene, but also the like samurai stuff of this scene was. I don't know. It was it was cool. Ricky, what did you think of the opening shot with this truce and like the assassination and stuff? I uh, this episode wasn't as difficult, but I kind of started off watching it going, I, "There's more new characters. I don't know who these people are." <laughs> uh, Phil was talking about how he like watched it in syndication before he was able to get it streaming and watch it all from back to front. Nope. Front to back. Um, that too. And I feel like I would get something. Can you guys still hear me? Show Do I sound okay? If I was able to like, just catch it when it's uh, syndicated and when it's going around, uh, I'm trying to like build this entire giant picture. I'm the, the voice behind the show. And I think it would be easier for me if I just saw individual episodes and watch them multiple times, just whenever you catch them and then string it together that way. Well, and, and this is, this is really when the overarching plot of the whole series 
kind of kicks off. Okay. Is with this tie into Spike's backstory. See, and I was wondering that because my first favorite shot of the show was the opening shot of the entire series where it yes. opens with the rose the falling on the thing. And I was like, I have so many questions about this scene. And I was so excited to get more answers to that and and see like what it was kind of, you know, there's obviously still more questions than there were answers, but like it was a really cool like nod to the to the backstory. Um yeah, and then gosh, the explode like they're just watching the ship go and you're like, of course something bad's gonna happen. So this is this is one of those kind of shows. Something something bad's gonna happen, and then and then the ship explodes, and then everybody dies. Uh the the introduction of Vicious is just spectacular. Would you say it's vicious? <laughs> <laughs> Quite well, so. Quite so. When I first saw Vicious, I was like, "Oh, we're playing with Sephiroth now." Sephiroth. <laughs> all right, all right. And is, then is it just the, the silver hair, or the silver the hair, silver the sword? Okay. Yeah, the, the long sword. Thin sword. All right. The and connection, then, the connection to the mysterious connection to the protagonist's backstory. All right, all right. And then I by got the end of this major. episode, I was like, "Oh, is he Dracula?" <laughs> Because he had major Dracula vibes coming. It was very Castlevania y near well, the end of the got, episode. Especially got major when you Final Fantasy vibes for sure. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say though, Dracula, Castlevania kind of thing. Um, especially because you got that that church thing going on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the whole color the whole color palette, and I wanted to mention this between episodes five and six, the color palettes of each episode are so different. This one you got like blended, just right, and it's and it's so good according to what show, which each show is about. You know, like this one's got the dark purples, the the blues, and the the um the like. There's there's a lot of muted uh muted uh what would other be wise be really bright colors if it were not like cloudy rainy, but with the stained glass windows in the church, you get so much uh so much lighting and it's just well and i I, that's one of the things that uh um one of my shots that i had picked is just like i I feel like sometimes in anime like people are like what how can we make this the most epic the most you know symbolism that we could ever pack into one scene okay throw in a church throw in some rain throw in some flowers like we're good to go it's epic we should (laughs) shatter one of those giant uh windows with all the the stained glass windows hit the ave maria in the background there Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, so, so in that scene, though, you have you've got Mao Yen Rai of um, the Red Dragon, and then you've got Carlos of the White Tiger, and it seems pretty clear that we're kind of just trying to like stomp on all the past and all the like str- the strife that we've had um, between the two in the past. But then you got Vicious coming in, and he's not super agreeing. He's well, not agreeing. Do you- do you guys think that the the bounty that was put on Mao, because that's what Spike and Jet are looking at in the next scene, is the bounty that's put on Mao, and they're like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. twenty eight million. Do you think the bounty that's put on him is because of the treaty? Uh, because of the explosion that took out uh, Carlos, I think probably. Um, well, I, f- I feel like they were looking at the bounty simultaneously as that scene was going on, like. Like as the truce is happening and Vicious is showing up, Jet and Spike are looking at the at the bounty. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I kind of saw Vicious as a bit of a bounty hunter. Ah. Okay. See, and I, I think of it uh, more likely as probably bait. Like, oh. hey, uh, if if Spike is still out there, what'll get his attention? Put Mao in the news. Okay, mm. okay. That makes sense, because him and, him and Mao had a past relationship right like yeah the close. the implication the implication is that mao was like mentor to both of them correct correct um definitely go way back um but again you know spike's being pretty cryptic um so is jet about his mm-hmm. past life um don't know much <laughs> about that. really anybody that's going on <laughs> I love that discussion where he's like, so tell me about this dude. And he's like, tell me about your arm. Yeah, you your <laughs> he's arm. Like, well, how is that relevant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, don't, yeah. don't come at me with that. I'll come at you. Like it was, I, so, I love the interaction between Jet and Spike. They have the funnest interactions. It seems like they don't like each other kind of sometimes, <laughs> but they're, they're like the reluctant best friends. Uh, sure. Sure. You know, and going back to, you know, uh, Firefly. Does anybody really like Jane? I don't know if we really like Jane, but we love Jane kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you're, you're probably... So who would who would Jane fall under there? Would that be Jet? <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. You know, I did think about that, actually. And it's just... It's hard to say that there is a set equivalent. I mean, Spike would definitely be Mal. Um, but it's hard. You know, you only got the few to pick from. So it's hard to draw lines, but... Yeah. Um, Jesse, you're back. How how are you sounding? How are we sounding? You guys sound great. I sound like this. I don't know how this sounds. It's it sounds fine so far. Yes. Uh, okay. We talked about Castlevania without you, Jesse. <laughs> That's okay. When I jumped in and I heard that you guys were talking about people that you don't like but that you love, I assumed we were talking about Ricky D. But I'm glad to hear it was just oh. a fictional character. That's much better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's that's excellent. Um, <laughs> oh, Callie's <laughs> cracking me up in the chat here. You <laughs> guys, let me personally say thank you to everybody in the live chat for your patience. I apologize, and I appreciate you guys willing to stick it out. Make sure that someday we'll all be together somewhere in the same virtual room. So thank you. Yes. Yes, and 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 again, thank you guys for hanging out in the chat. If anyone listening to this podcast on like Spotify or something um, wants to join us, we go live every Friday at eight thirty p.m. Ish. Mountain Standard Time, ish. Yeah, depending. Um, but you can always come hang out with us in the chat. We do have a phone number five zero eight nine three twist that you can call us at. Uh, my phone is actually hooked up right now, waiting to take calls. Um, so. If you want to do that, 508-93-TWIST is the number. You can come chat with us on uh, about Cowboy Bebop on the Sun But Inevitable Rebop. Um, we were just, Kylie was doing a great job introducing us to this episode, getting us into um, that first scene with the White Tiger and Red Dragon, and then we were talking about the bounty. And I think we were just getting into Spike and Jet's relationship and how they're kind of like reluctant friends. So, um is there anything else that we, we missed there? No, I think you're good. Sorry, there was a slight uh, fire alarm at my house. There's a huge th- thunderstorm happening at uh, in this area, and it's like 
Yep, I'm experiencing the same storm right now. Huh. Yeah, so we just had the fire alarm go off, so I muted myself in case. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I have no doubt that Kylie did an amazing job. She's a very good co-host, and we've kind of been building her for this exact thing, so I have no doubt that she did a good job. <laughs> but continue my theme. I do have a couple of questions from my friend Ricky D from Best Flakes with Ricky D. Now, now they all take place over these first couple scenes, okay? Ricky... They're eating Chinese food. Is Chinese food too local for you? Is that okay oh, that they're shit. eating Chinese food? <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, no, I'm totally kidding. So then we get to this next scene, right? And Faye shows up with the bag. So she's been shopping. Um, Ricky, is shopping not exotic enough for you? Is that too pedestrian? Do you wish Faye had no concept of capitalism? I can't, I'm sorry. That's a lot I'm just, where are they going to throw it all away, though? What do the uh, trash the, cans look like? The, <laughs> but what about the trash cans? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one thing about the scene where Faye's coming in and there was also Ayn right there and she was taking Ayn's food. Uh, or was that, I think that was the second episode. Sorry. But... Uh, I noticed that it activated two very interesting and very different before we go there, like happiness areas in my mind. There was the hot anime girl wearing short shorts and high stockings. Fantastic. And then there's this cute little corgi butt that's like kind of bouncing around in this still shot. And I'm like, ah, those are two great things. Those both make me very happy. Is that meant to actually yeah. be pep- did they win the Cola War? Huh. I didn't Way even know this was Pepsi. Interesting. Oh, it Is was the super old school, Pepsi-ish. Pepsi-ish. Was the old school Pepsi logo too? Like the the old cans? Yeah. You know, before Big that Mouth could. cans? You guys remember Big Mouth? When that was a good thing? <laughs> no, maybe yeah. I'm too young. I definitely oh, remember switching the Big young. Mouth cans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I would, would be, do. I would wager that there's plenty of, uh, of, uh, current or older tech that has lingered throughout bebop uh given that um no spoilers given that uh betamax betamax actually shows up eventually in the series well i noticed in this episode when uh faye gets like kidnapped and she's on the screen she's Mm -hmm. looking hot she uh it, it's like an old Mac computer, kind of. It's got like the little file button up at the top corner with the X on it. For the stuff. browser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, I I was like looking at that because uh, it was like in Firefly. There was the same thing with the trash compactor, I think. They were using an old Microsoft like Windows 98 or something like that. And so it just it's kind of, I don't know. It's funny to see that stuff. Um huh. It looks yeah, like we uh, we lost Ricky, or I'm sorry, oh. Jesse. Je- Jesse's all voice now. He's gonna be oh, okay. You still here, Jesse? Oh, I'm the voice behind the show. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> still, it's yeah. Man, I wonder if the thunderstorm is what's messing up the. Uh, you the know sound what? Over there. Probably. That's probably what it is. Yeah, connection and whatnot. Um, and you know what? We forgot to go through our mistakes from last week, and there were some big ones, but we could probably do that in the middle of episodes five and six. We'll do like an intermission 
uh, okay. a mistakes intermission. <laughs> well, Correct. Colorado has um, very uh, rapidly changing weather, so hopefully we can get Jesse back here pretty soon. Um, yes. But in the meantime, I'm going to just like keep us moving. Um, keep it moving. So, we'll keep it moving. Yes. Yes. Oh, like Jalen and Jacoby. Um, <laughs> give the people, give yeah. the people what they want. Anywho, um, so Faye on the TV screen, she she gets to see the the bounty for Mal, right? So yep. this is what kind of prompts her to uh, kind of do what she does, and you know, wear whatever she outfit she decides to wear. Um, and she goes to the opera house. She okay. got money for a slinky dress. She did. She did. Um, maybe that's what. Maybe that's what she bought when she went shopping. Who knows? Um, but anywho, so she goes to the opera house and she's like S- slick Faye, and she's like, "Oh well, I don't have a ticket, but maybe you should take it up with that really important man up there, and I think that he'd have something to say to you." So she lets him go, and she goes up. And, you know, she's, like, kind of, you know, um, held at gunpoint. Things were, yeah, it was definitely a setup of sorts. And then um, and then she sends, she sees quite a sight to her right when she um, when she takes a look. So uh, what were your thoughts, Ricky D, about that particular scene? Did it remind you of anything is my particular question. Oh, I can't say that it necessarily reminded me of anything. Okay. Uh, if we're trying to go back to Firefly, maybe when they kidnapped River in that weird, like, colony-esque place, the dancing colony. Okay. Um, Some people <laughs> juggle geese. I've got geese, geese to juggle. Um, but other than that, it didn't strike <laughs> me as anything specific. Okay. Um, yeah, I got, I... I got nothing. Josh, no, no. Okay. Um, I just, it's funny because some of these things that I I did have to look up to like reiterate what I was thinking it was. Um, But I took cinema study in high school and we we got to learn about a lot of, uh, you know, 60s, 70s, 40s, 50s kinds of uh, stuff. So this particular scene reminded me of the 1976 film Marathon Man. Um, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Where he looks over and homies like, you know, they're at the opera house and his throat's all Hey, there's cut a corpse. And, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so it's just like going back to uh session one where they did like the whole desperado bar scene and stuff like that. So that was definitely pretty neat. Um Yeah, there's there's a lot of homage throughout uh Cowboy Bebop. Um toward the end of this one you get a lot of John Woo uh yes. kind yes. of nods yes. during the gunfights. Correct. Correct. What yeah. is that? What is that movie? The um, oh man, the John Woo that I'm thinking of. Anywho, if I can't think of it off the top of my head, that's fine. Um, Hard boiled <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but anywho, moving on. Um, I and then kind of going back to uh, the like little church scene or whatever, and all of the uh, the anime things that you see throughout different kinds of animes and the flashbacks oh, and the beautiful tropes. symbolism, the tropes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, there was, I, I don't know if they even uh, like name this person in this particular episode, but um, the blonde girl that they keep going back to. Yeah. Her name has not come up. Okay. Yet, I know what her name is, but, but... I don't. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you're kind of not really sure like what's going on with this girl. Like there's some flashbacks going on. She seems to be, some sort of 
I, I, I don't know, maybe someone not love that, interest, somebody special to Spike kind of somebody thing. Who's, somebody who's very obviously connected to Spike and to Vicious. Uh, correct, correct. And into the whole, the Red Dragon syndicate, syndicate and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I, I think that's what's kind of fun is, you know, you know, you're at this point, you're still wondering what's going on with Jet's arm, you know, and uh, do we find out? When do we find out? What happened? So that's definitely kind of fun. Um, there's, but, there's a lot of buildup for backstory for everybody. Uh, going forward right now yes yes and and it's, for, for such a short um or uh, season series yeah uh, there's definitely a lot of a uh, jam-packed story you know so yeah the the world building in in bebop is really uh it's spectacularly done it's really dense because they have a lot to establish really in a very short period of time Absolutely. That's kind of why I feel like for me personally, it'd be better to just watch random episodes and just just acquire all of this bebop lore and back knowledge and then start from the beginning and watch it through. That seems like a weird thing to want to do. Yeah. Because obviously you should watch something from the beginning to the end. But it's just I'm missing so much. And I feel like that weird old version of watching TV shows where you just catch (laughs) random episodes it would help me put yeah. all of this together better. And maybe I'm that awake was at kind 2 of like, here's one. <laughs> it, well, yeah, maybe that was our um, cause you were saying 2003 is kind of when yeah. we watched this. That's the same with me. I was very young then, but it was two o'clock in the morning that I was watching Bebop and it was scattered and random episodes. And yeah, maybe I've seen an episode three times and then, you know, I'd catch one that maybe I had never seen. Um, but maybe that was part of what the fun is. Um, when you're watching it in order, you're like, oh, all these things should make sense. But perhaps they shouldn't. <laughs> you know? But uh, you were talking about tropes earlier. Mm-hmm. And when Spike goes into that woman's bar, Anastasia, who mm-hmm. I have no idea what, who she is or what she's about. Annie, yes. She, Annie. She you don't be- want to call her Anastasia. Right. Unless yeah. you're mad. I made that point. <laughs> uh but she said what two they, people call me that or something there's only two people yeah, two people that? yeah and one of them was mao and he's not going to be talking to her anymore yep mm-hmm. but uh things started getting difficult like spike came back and she thought spike was dead so she starts drinking alcohol immediately to cope with it and mm-hmm. that's kind of an old trope the deal drinking alcohol to deal with stress yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um well, before we move on to the next part, um, I guess one of the last things that I wanted to say that was my favorite about this whole episode is um, when Jet's like sitting and he's like trying to think about whether he's going to go save the day, right? Because Faye calls and she's like, oh my God, Spike's in trouble. Like, and he's like, oh, whatever. He hangs up. He's and just he's trying to work on his bonsai. He's cutting this bonsai tree, right? And he cuts it, he cuts this big limb off and he's like, oh, I butchered it. And then he sits there and he thinks about it and he's like, wait, am I butchering my relationships like I'm butchering this bonsai tree? <laughs> and then he gets up and leaves. Like, that's what I thought was happening anyway. <laughs> I think that was the metaphor there, wasn't it? I would yeah. think so. I mean, yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it was obvious to some, but not to others. So I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, sorry, I disappeared there for a second. I was trying to get Jesse back in here, but um, I'm not sure if it's going to work out with him tonight. So this is going to be our highest to... rated episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, you know, Ricky's got to throw something in there. He's got to because Jesse did. Got to um, get his shots in while he can. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm very sad to hear that about Jesse. That's definitely a bummer. I'm sure he is definitely bummed, um, but we'll see him again, hopefully next episode. Um, well, hopefully this this episode we're yeah yeah hopefully yeah. he can come one, i mean but... we are about halfway but you know we'll see and if he does yeah. if he is and able listen, to make it we'll throw the reins over to him i'll so. take care of this whole episode for you jesse you don't have to worry about it i apologize that things are, are not working out for you i will edit and do everything for this episode he did I, say at the beginning of this episode he was in such a good mood nothing could get him down oh. and it's like that was a challenge oh yeah, the universe is like challenge accepted apparently <laughs> Um, That's what I said at work this last week, and then it was like, oh, really, fool. (laughs) So before we move on to um, session six, is there anything that anybody else wanted to say about that particular episode? I I love the shot of of Spike arming up before he heads to the church, just pulling the gun out of the refrigerator. (laughs) It's just... Oh yeah, that's where I left that. I was just keeping the bullets cold. <laughs> that that and the bag full of grenades that yes. he spills Which out now on would the have table. Left behind. Yes. Yes. Now exactly. would have left those grenades behind. They would have been nice right wow. about now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I and I guess I, I probably missed the whole battle scene between uh this was this was the one with the opera scene yep. that was really fifth element esque to me. Okay. When they when they pan down and they show the guy getting ready to sing, I was like, "Oh man, someone's about to go down." This is they only do this and, in in scenes that things pop off on. And, and would have been about a year after uh, would have been about a year after Fifth Element had really? come out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fifth, Ele- Fifth Element was ninety seven. Okay, I love that movie so much, and and yeah, that that opera scene was great. And then even like her sitting, they them catching Faye and being like, yeah, we know who you are. So yeah. just sit your ass back down and uh, watch the show. At least she got a free show before she got tied up. Um, yeah. But then, that's you know, the then she gets to look over at dead homie and then she knows <laughs> she's going to die. So yeah, you get to spend yeah, the yeah. opera next to a corpse. So that's, yeah. Not I mean, sure how relaxing or special right. that is, but. <laughs> and did you guys talk on the boob trope? Did you get uh, on that yet? I, I have some notes about it <laughs> because this episode was boobs. The yeah, the two kids <laughs> when Annie grabs the two kids who have been trying so, to yes, steal the magazines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the first the 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 magazine the magazines theft first off. Yeah, you know, like okay, we're gonna you know steal a dirty also, magazine. Was that Faye in the magazine? It no. kind of looked. Didn't she nah. have the same hair? That wasn't her. It kind of looked like her, nah. but. Okay. No, right. but then the the kids when Annie scoops them up and they both look at each other and giggle. Yeah, because <laughs> their faces are just in the giant anime boobs. In and the then boobs. there was the scene where Faye was walking away from the battle, mm-hmm. and there was almost no movement on the screen except for her boobs just floating <laughs> in anti gravity. I was like, well, that's where most of the budget for the animation for this episode went to. <laughs> Seriously, like they they really they really emphasized 
the boobs in, in this episode in particular. The the one after this, not so much. No. But this one was really, really just, you know, there was the the hanging up, the mm-hmm. like, kind of slave mm-hmm. Leia thing going on, and then there was the the leaning over into was she leaning into the fridge mm-hmm. and trying to get something to eat and just see. I mean, that's one of those things about anime that I always remembered was just the boobs and the abs, man. The, abs. The, the the guy looked like Kylie. Kylie, you were telling me before we started, the guy looked good. Spike looks good. He's a yeah. he's a hot piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. What I was saying is that yeah, you guys get to look at Faye, but I get to look at Spike. So <laughs> just not very much, though. I feel like. No, uh, no, there'll no. Be, they there'll don't. be more. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not as much as like the the shirtless training scene at the beginning of the first episode, but right, right, right. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a nice nice hot piece of cartoon meat for sure. Jesse, you're back. Are you better than ever, or uh, how are we looking? We'll find out. We have no idea oh. what the quality is going to be like, but. This is what I. It sounds really great. Yeah, I I think I think we burn all of his quality audio time on asking him how his audio is, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's okay. We're we're big on irony with this show, so. (laughs) So then I feel like we passed over the whole battle scene with them too. Well, and Mike and Vicious. It's Uh, one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen in anime. I, I love I love the gun versus the sword thing. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, and the falling out the window and the like. I mean, all the, the this is when you get the flashbacks for yep. when Spike was uh, a wee lad or something. It looks like it looks like they were partners, right? Vicious. You and get Spike the used to be partners. You get the back to back shot of them yeah. in the middle of a gunfight. Yes. And they, you know, look at each other and exchange very confident glances. And yeah, so it's definitely they definitely had some sort of connection back in the day. Did was it confirmed at the end of this that Vicious was dead too? Did that get confirmed? I can't remember. Aha! See, and (laughs) at the end of at the end of of this episode, yeah, he's coming back. All right, cool, excellent. Because I really liked Vicious. I will say I agree with you, Phil, that this is one of the best fights I've seen in anime, mm-hmm. in what little anime I've seen. And it's funny because this episode was the best fight, and the next episode was my favorite villain. Oh, which yeah. I will get into a lot more for sure. But um, yeah, that the whole fight scene, that dark purple, the Castlevania vibe mm-hmm. that you get from that, and the the sword play and everything. Um, Jesse, what? Obviously, this had to have been one of your favorite scenes. Oh, sorry, I wasn't trying to tell you to wrap it up or let me talk. I was saying no. I've got the same color scheme going on here. Oh, right. I got it. Wrap it up. <laughs> I was, no, I, I, I got it. You I win it. <laughs> because I, I wanted you to talk about most likely one of your favorite would... scenes from this episode. <laughs> I would never presume to tell you to stop talking in such a um, an angry way, but. Wrap it up, buddy. Um, Come on. I so actually this this whole scene, right, from the time that he's walking up to the church to everything that goes down in the church, it's so like it. It's just like everything else in this show, right? It's very trope heavy. You get a lot of tropes. This is all stuff that we've seen before, but again, it's just executed at such a level that 
the familiarity doesn't bother you. It doesn't feel ripped off. It feels original enough. Like you get enough of what you need out of this. And I feel like that heavy purple, you know, atmosphere to everything is a big part of that. Um, it's it's kind of softer uh, of a color than you would expect for a scene like that. Um, and, you know, just the slow motion and the highly stylized nature of all the falling glass and the, the explosion being, you know, half fire and then all smoke. It was just... Yeah, it, it's a beautiful scene visually, and and the whole fight, you know, back and forth, and their dialogue is just it's it's one of the more enjoyable fight scenes, probably in the series for me. So I really really appreciate having a moment to talk about it, and that scene when he's falling out, he's like, you know, we get all these other scenes interspersed with that. It's like his life is flashing before his eyes. And so now we're like, okay, how much of this is flashback? How much of this is yet to happen? You know, you know, is it just him going crazy? But yeah, I just, uh, the, the movement, the way that that scene conveys movement, even in their still shots, I think is just, it's very, very well done. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a reason that Bebop remains one of my favorite anime because it just has held up the, in terms of the animation, the music, the the action sequences it has held up incredibly well over the last 13 no shit 23 years <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and and i've been really enjoying this and this i it's hard sometimes to watch older shows and really get into them but because the music is still so good and because the story and the stuff has been so much fun so far I'm definitely enjoying it. I feel like if I went back and watched a lot of other animes, I'd be like, yeah, nah, man, I'm good. But this, obviously, one of the most renowned animes, it's still still pretty good. So, um, Kylie, was there anything else from this episode that we should have? Did you guys, really quickly, did you guys talk about the name Vicious and is it stupid? And is it stupid? It's it's definitely over the top. It's an anime name. But, I wouldn't look too much into it. I'm just I calling him Sephiroth Dracula. <laughs> I just thought like, that's I, that's more mellow. I, I, like when he said vicious when when she when Faye was like what's your name and he's like vicious i was like that's got to be a, a code name or, or like a joke right like right and that's what i was thinking yeah you did <laughs> it Who's might it? be a code name but i mean yeah nobody said he was born with that name yeah <laughs> you never know uh there's a football player named precious so and his brother's someone, name is god's gift yes so Absolutely, someone could be named Vicious. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jet's name is Jet Black. Yeah. Yeah. Though I, I caught something in his uh, login sequence when he was uh, doing the background research, uh, when he was looking into Mao, and his uh, his username is Jet Engine. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. <laughs> nice. Right. That's funny. Yeah. He's a black thumb. <laughs> I think that would probably wrap it up for this episode. Yeah. If, if you guys... So I wanted to hit our intermission while we still have Jesse here. Um, and our intermission is going to be last week's mistakes. Jesse, you 
pointed out a huge mistake that we made last week, and I figure we could probably correct that mistake right now in this intermission before we go any farther. So, Jesse, why don't you tell us what that's all about? So we got very proudly to the end of our episode last week, and we were like, all right, you guys, that was a great show. That was so much fun. We had an excellent time. Um, And then I think the next day... While I was editing, uh, we realized we actually didn't give our ratings for the last two episodes. We just skipped doing that. And I I don't know how it happened. Um, Everyone that was here in the chat, uh, it must have, you know, slipped you guys' minds too. Because nobody said anything. And when I mentioned it to Callie D, she was like, oh my gosh, I just realized that too. So um we're going to fix that. We're going to give our ratings for episodes three and four this week. Um, uh, so we're going to go ahead and do basically the same order that we normally do. Before we do that, uh, Rona points out that Sid Vicious was a member of the Sex Pistols and then also pointed out that we're all probably too young or too American to get that reference. We know who the Sex Pistols and Sid Vicious are, Rona. I appreciate that. And I get where you're coming from, and I'm going to take it as a compliment. I, uh, I'm very, I'm very familiar with them. <laughs> I'm going to take it as a compliment because we like to be referred to as young. So, um, the lady who raised anyways, me has a sex uh, pistol tattoo. We, so, I kind of take exception to be called too American. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? No, I, I'm I not going to hold Richie. her. I'm not going to hold that one against her because. Honestly, sometimes we say stuff that we probably don't even like realize is like way incredibly American mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and ridiculous, <laughs> like the cheese whiz thing. <laughs> they were like, what, what, "What's cheese whiz?" <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. thinking we don't know who the Sex um, Pistols are, you don't even know what cheese whiz <laughs> is. Come on, guys. <laughs> Before. We give our ratings. I do want to say thank you really quickly to everybody in the chat for your patience. Thank you, and I'm sorry that it took me so long to get a stable connection going. Hopefully next week there are no storms or events at my house that mess with my stability. So um, let's go ahead and we'll do our normal... I think this is our normal sequence for giving ratings. So we'll have Ricky D go, then Josh go, then Kylie, and then I will go last. And then we'll have Kylie give the synopsis for episode six, Sympathy for the Devil. All right. So I've got to go back to Honky Tonk Woman. Uh, I gave that one a seven. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes on why it was, and I've forgotten a little bit from last week. So... But I did give a seven to that one. And am I giving my second rating also, or am I holding up on that? No, go ahead and give your second rating. That's fine. And then for Gateway Shuffle, I had a eight. I had an eight. Um, I actually, it's funny because I had the exact same two ratings. Uh, <laughs> Honky Talk Woman was a seven, um, mainly because I liked the space gates. I liked the the, like... You know, and shooting missiles through the space gates was was pretty freaking cool. Um, but then I gave uh, episode what was that episode? Gateway Shuffle. I gave that one an eight, uh, mainly because Faye joined the crew, and I was really excited because she's and not and not because she's hot and a hot anime character, but because she's a cool character. 
and kind of a badass. I, I was like, sweet. Now she's going to be around for, for the rest of the show, hopefully. Hopefully they don't wash her away like they did in fucking Serenity. That'd be garbage. I'd be really upset. I'd be really, you know, I'm going to be really upset if any of these main characters die at any part in time or any point in time in the show. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so that's two sevens and two eights from our first timers. So I believe that means, Kylie, you are next with your ratings. Yes. So I was actually opposite. Um, I did eight for Honky Tonk Woman. Um I suppose that's not where she, um, you know, joins the crew, but that's where you meet Faye. And I don't know. I was, I was into it. And then uh, Gateway Shuffle, I did a seven. Not that it wasn't good or anything. It was very decent. It just, you know, a honky tonk woman kind of um, did it for me a little bit more. So I could see that. Um, and I actually agree with that. So for me, Honky Tonk Woman is an 8.5. I actually just, I love that episode for so many reasons. Um, and hearing where you guys kind of land on it really helps me gauge that I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys did. Um, and for the second episode, though, for Gateway Shuffle, I'm actually going to give that one a 6. It has some fun moments, um, and there are some, you know, enjoyable things in it that I really have a good time with. But overall, if I were going to introduce somebody to one episode of this to get them to watch the rest of it, that wouldn't be the episode that I pick. Um, that's not me hating that episode. I just I feel like there are other episodes that would get people hooked a little harder. So um, I'm going to go with uh, a six on that one. So with that, let's go ahead and have our wonderful co-host, Kylie at Miss My Arm Cast, Read the synopsis for episode six, Sympathy for the Devil. Um, okay, uh, Cowboy Bebop session six, Sympathy for the Devil. The latest case for the crew of the Bebop uh, finds Spike pitted against a young boy with a talent for the harmonica and murder. Murder. <laughs> How are you guys digging this harmonica right away? I gotta know. Ah, uh, it's musically it's just such a nice shift from the stuff that we've heard it picks back up with a lot of the harmonica that we've heard throughout the series so far and just keys yeah. it up this is i have a hard time paying attention to music when i'm watching tv watching movies i know it's subconsciously affecting me but i do a bad job of paying attention to and appreciating it in the moment but this harmonica was so prevalent and it was such a main feature of this episode, I could not ignore it if I tried to. Yeah, it's, uh, and I liked how different it was, too, because it was kind of a different style. Like, and every episode has a different style of music. I, I feel, you know, like, you start with the jazz, and, and then you kind of get into some, you get into some opera, you get into some, like, bluegrass harmonica, like, there's some pop rock, some some pop pop like there's a ton of different music in this and it's kind of amazing how many different genres the uh gosh i can never remember her name yoko yoko i believe seatbelts yeah yeah, yeah well the, yeah the seatbelts play the music yoko writes the music yes. so she's she's the like the brains of the operation she just hires the band coming up it's like john williams they you are know? <laughs> they are getting back together for yes, the, the live action Netflix adaptation. 
yes. of Cowboy Bebop. We're getting Yoko Kano and the seatbelts back together. Man, I think Netflix is going to kill that series, like in a good way. I think they've, they've done a, a good job with with certain things. You know, if it's anything like Daredevil, I think they'll do a really good job, you know, making it darker. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I want to take this opportunity to say good night to Sinisera and thank you for being here in the chat. Uh, it sounds like you just got off a 12 hour shift. That is brutal. So thank you for spending some of your post-work time with us. And don't forget to check out the audio version. I know you will, because that'll be the nice version. And, spoiler alert, there's going to be a shout-out in it for you somewhere. So, thank you very much for joining us. Um, my thing with this this harmonica is that, that those soulful, ethereal tones immediately pulled me in, right? But we do have a scene right before that, actually. And I would love to get ricky d's thoughts on this scene okay so the scene right before that the scene that opens up this episode is kind of this weird sci-fi scene with dark lighting and spike is laid out on a table and there's some kind of surgery going on so how do you feel about this scene what are your thoughts and then as soon as you're done josh go ahead and follow that up uh this was just a lot more it's just bringing up more questions for me uh, you know, it kind of looked like they were giving him some kind of robotic eyeball or eyeballs. And there's been a lot of talk about how he can see everything or he can see faster or something like that. So it makes me curious if there he actually has some kind of enhanced vision and he's not just, you know, kind of a superhuman. But so, you know, is he really fast or is he robotically fast, I guess? is the question that I came up with during this. And well, and it's, good luck it's, finding a solid answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a flashback. So it had to have been something that happened, right? Like he, I mean, I guess it's a dream, but technically it's kind of a flashback. Um, and there's superpowers in this show. So why wouldn't we have a cyborg, right? Well, and Jet has a metal arm. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, he's I mean, we got we got our own half jacks in this show. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah I, you know that, that's I actually like that. that's funny because when I first saw Jax um, in the you know latest movie that we just watched, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Jet, Jet Jax, just on that alert, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it they were contemporary, so it kind of makes you wonder which one came first. Yeah. And maybe that harmonica has powers too. You know, maybe that harmonica has a way to like I don't know, bring memories back or something. That kid was really good at playing it, but Spike couldn't even get a sound out of it later, which is really weird for a harmonica because even the like Have you ever given a child a harmonica? Well, yes. Actually. Because it doesn't work. That's what they they're like What's it? It doesn't work. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when you get well, a He was harmonica. blowing in the right side, where if you blew into any part of it, it would have worked. <laughs> I, you're right. He, I'm sure he would have been smart enough to figure out at least how to make a noise. <laughs> I mean, come on, Spike. What's going on? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was more in, like, involved in the whole dog food scene, <laughs> like. What the hell? <laughs> Did you see that coming? 
Did you expect her to feed Ein, or were you like, oh, she's going to eat it? Like, did you see it coming before it happened? I uh, thought she was going to no. feed Ein, and then I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, how nice of her. She's feeding the, the cute little dog, and then she's like, oh, what a savage. What What's happening? She just <laughs> it was such... she like slurps it down. Like... <laughs> it was such a great nod to the constantly broke state of the crew of the Bebop, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's actually my first note is the opening shot shows how they're completely out of cash. (laughs) And I'm expecting some kind of major score very soon to keep them in the sky. Uh, No, they're they're pretty clearly just scraping by most of the time and having two more people on board the ship to feed. Well, one person and one dog, you know, does not help their situation. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I guess they haven't scored any money this whole time, right? Have they gotten any Nothing money from kept. any mission yet? Nothing that they haven't had right. to, uh, like Jet said in the first episode, pretty much immediately use to pay down debts from whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to have to fill off that nice Corvette. Well, and, that's, <laughs> and that's an excellent parallel specifically to Firefly. Right, I got a powerful need to eat sometime this month. Like, <laughs> it's it's that s- very similar. Like, we're always broke. It's always a hard life. Nothing about this comes easily to us, you know. Um, yeah, the so whole out of gas <laughs> aspect kind of thing, Ellen. Exactly, and I, I, it definitely has like feelings of that episode kind of strung throughout this whole series, right? Yeah. Just like constant desperation and like edge of failure kind of stuff. Um, This next scene where Spike is following the kid, right? When he leaves the, the club and the music kicks in, this is like, this might be one of my favorite songs from the series, um, it's called Don't Bother None, and it's that very slow starting acoustic guitar, you know, and it's just very bluesy. And I just that song, it it, it feels simple so chords, right to me. and it's just yeah, very old school, like very um, simplistic but good. You know, it has for me, it puts me in the mood for a song by a band called Clutch, and the name of the song is Electric Worry. And if you've never heard that, go check it out. I'm thinking maybe we should put together like a playlist that we've all like songs that we are reminded of from the music in the show as we go through it. And then people can listen to those songs kind of as the same mood, like a mood playlist. Right. Um, But what did you guys think of that song? Did you guys were you guys like in love with it? I loved the music of episode six. It was wonderful. The harmonica and going from the harmonica thing or music to that acoustic style was was really good too they they have a really good way of segueing into the other styles in the show as well fully agreed um the the next thing that i was going to ask you guys so we if you notice both of these characters have animal code names right we have giraffe and zebra so if you guys were going to have an animal code name, what would it be? Let's start with Josh and then Kylie and then Ricky and then Phil. Animal code name right on the fly. <laughs> um, man, I'd, I'd probably just be the monkey. I, I always say that I have orangutan <laughs> arms. 
So I'd probably just I'd, I, the ape, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right. I would be the jaguar. Um, uh, my French teacher in high school like assigned us animals in our class once and it just kind of stuck with me and I felt that it was appropriate so jaguar all day uh, I would probably be a sad rhino definitely specifically a sad one oh, uh-huh. yeah just, just chilling in the yeah. grass with the sad Charlie Brown music Mm-hmm. Sometimes munching on the wheat. <laughs> Even the birds on his back are being jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what about you? What animal would you be? Otter. Otter, I'd, okay. Yeah, I blame the red wall books when I from when I was a kid. But... Okay. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I could see that. And- yeah. Uh, personally, I would like to think that I would be. I I, th- I want to say that I would be like crow, but I think the only fair way to do this would be to have you guys tell me what it would be, because you can't really give yourself a code name the kind of same way you can't give yourself a nickname. So, do you guys have one that you think would? If fit? you're not one of the birds on the sad rhino's back, then <laughs> <laughs> just pecking away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that that makes That's sense. That's too long for um, code name. <laughs> and the the I guess the I don't know crow, crow squawk. Ooh. How about how about mockingbird? I was thinking yeah. badger. You could be a badger. Badger, yeah. That's, wombat. That's Ooh, I like that. Badger, wombat, mockingbird. What are those animals that like run up and steal things from you? Uh, Rosie. <laughs> Oh, those are monkeys, too. Children? Uh, Rosie says, my last name is Lion in Spanish. My high school mascot was also a lion. I am a lion. Rosie is a lion. Rosie is... Are you also a Leo, Rosie? That's a lot of lion stuff to all line up in one life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did find that interesting, the zebra-giraffe aspect. Are there going to be other animals? Are we going to have a lion? Are we going to have a tiger and a bear? Oh, my. What else could we have? Um, or is this the only time? Spoil it for me. Is this the only time we get animals? It's, it is. All right. Never mind. Uh, it okay. is the only time these guys come up. Uh, but when is, we get yeah, into yeah. the whole know. bit with them being part of the uh, self-defense volunteer squad, it's like, okay, if we ever met any of the other guys from from that crew, then maybe we'd run into other people who had those kind of code names. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I do want to say that one of my favorite parts though, is about, is uh, when Spike's like, Oh, you should really, you should go talk to that big guy over there. <laughs> Talking to Jet, you know, he's like, yeah, Hey, you know, the guy, guy. <laughs> you recognize him, go talk to him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you've seen him before. Right. And it turns out they're like best friends in the whole wide world. Um, <laughs> So his name is Fatty Rivers, um, which is a really fun name. But that's uh, his real name. Okay, that's that's a spectacular jazz musician name. I, well, yes, yes. Yeah. And you want to, like, mean, like, yeah. like you get like Fats Domino. Yeah, and it it, it kind of reminds me of like Muddy Waters. Yeah, Fatty mm. Rivers, Muddy Waters. Um, I thought he was kind of a bounty hunter too. Like to me, I, yeah, I, no, he's, okay. he's definitely he's definitely also a uh, a cowboy. 
So they had to have been distracting him then, right? Oh, is that God, what yeah. it was? Because okay, yeah, no, Jet Jet is sent to basically go fish for information, so he can figure oh, out what's going on. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, and then who's the the to go follow the wheel the kid in the wheelchair? The who was the guy that the other guy the the big guy? Is that the giraffe? Was that giraffe? That's, that's giraffe. That is giraffe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he follows giraffe around the corner, and then giraffe gets like giraffe goes and confronts uh, zebra and the kid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so this whole time we're we're thinking that the guy in the wheelchair is is zebra, correct? Uh, he is. Oh, zebra's zebra's the guy in the wheelchair. But we think. The, yeah. We think zebra's okay. the bad guy. Right. Yeah, we think that the kid is the and one. We didn't who's know in the danger. kid was kind of in charge. Yeah, right, right. We're right. thinking that we're thinking that wheelchair guy is like holding little kid hostage when it's yes, and that giraffe was trying to save the kid, not not oh, trying okay. to save his buddy. Right, right. Yeah, that's what he says when he's dying. Like, oh, don't let him fool you. <laughs> Um, I well, I really like the distraction aspect from Fatty or from seen... Jet to Fatty. I feel like Spike was zo- is like zeroing in on Giraffe. Like that's got to yeah. be the one that I'm following, and so he's like Fatty, go well, go distract was... Fatty so I can follow Giraffe. And then he's following the kid, and then it like goes into this. I feel like he gets like duped into following Giraffe. Or so Zebra, Giraffe, or... Giraffe was. <laughs> Giraffe was the mark. Giraffe was the bounty head they were after. Okay. Yeah. See, I got confused there. Yeah. No, so they're... So, Giraffe is there tracking down Zebra and the kid. Spike and Jet are there, and so is Fatty, to track down the bounty on Giraffe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, all right, all right. So, Spike sends Jet... Spike sends Jet to to distract Fatty... So that Spike can go chase after Giraffe and try to bring him in for the bounty. But Giraffe has his confrontation with Zebra and the kid when uh, he has he has his confrontation there. And then. So <laughs> there's a lot of falling my, out of windows in this. Series. I was just going to say that my next <laughs> well, question and that's is a big difference right there. Do they fall out of windows in every episode? And does <laughs> Faye always say something about men being stupid because i'm pretty sure that every single episode so far that Faye has been in she's like uh, men are so dumb or like whatever she said in this one men are so childish i think i don't know does, does she have a different men are so quote in every single episode kind no but <laughs> or chill i mean not in okay. every episode okay all right yeah, I can't. I can't say for sure, hundred percent yes or no, but a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching now. I'll be watching. I'll be watching every episode. Count. Like when's she gonna Take say? Take tally it? marks. Yeah. Yes, I will. I'll be... <laughs> Little tally marks in the desk. <laughs> There's one. There's one. Man hater. <laughs> um. So now, like the next thing that that uh, Spike sees is what giraffe falling out the window, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's panicking, trying to tell him not to die so he can still collect the bounty on him. Yeah. Well, and the big difference here then, like from 
from how it would be in Firefly is that they're working, the bounty hunters are all working for law enforcement, right? So they're totally legally sanctioned. So when the cops show up at the end of this scene, it's actually not a problem. It's just like, there are cops here now, but it, it's not actually an issue because these guys yeah, are Yeah, it's not an issue for Spike. Yeah, right, for Spike. Um, and we do have this this kid is he is actually a trope character um josh and ricky you may not know this but having a character who appears to be about eight to twelve years old but is actually super old like older than a normal person should be is a very common thing in anime usually it's used for much more gross reasons than it was used here um but I, it is the kind of thing that you will that you will see more frequently if you continue watching anime going forward. <laughs> and why you ruin that for me? That this, <laughs> that well, he's my favorite villain of this series so far. Why? Oh, gotta, he's like, he's ruin still it? one of the best. <laughs> he's still one of the best villains throughout the series. Oh all right, yeah. All right. I wrote down in my notes yeah. that anime does a much better job of having child villains. Yeah. Than anything I could think of any real movies, like if you think of Damien from The Omen or, uh, you know, there's there's a number of child villains and they're not really great on screen, but in anime, much better. And you can kill the child in anime and it's not nearly as much of a shock when you kill a child in anime because you can they did that thing where they rapidly aged him. and It's like, oh, well, we didn't kill a kid. So I, I definitely right. made note of that. Huh. I didn't, I guess, I thought there was always some sort of stipulation with killing children, but maybe that's just in, like, Hollywood movies or something like that. Oh, you know, I did miss what you guys were talking about, but this episode actually didn't air in America. Oh, for real? Yeah. Um, I didn't actually see this episode until I bought the DVD set. Yes, it didn't um, air in America. Because of pretty much exactly that. Uh, I mean, when gets shot in the head, like, a yes. couple times. <laughs> yeah. It, yes, it I... was the child death. Okay, thing. and that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. I guess I thought that it, it, it would have aired because the kid ended up being an adult. Like, it was just a, you know, a superpower or something that he had. Yeah, it was still one that even uh, even Adult Swim couldn't uh, comfortably get away with airing at the time. Interesting. Okay, okay. That's that's really cool. Because um, that I mean that's very Firefly esque to have episodes that you don't air. Huh. Um, Kylie, is it, this is your favorite villain, right? Just agree with me. <laughs> Um, I would say yeah, yes, um, definitely, probably one of the coolest. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. And, throughout the series, well, the first but... time I watched the episode, I was very surprised. Obviously, watching it again, I'm like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, this guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely it threw you for a twist. Um, obviously, a pretty smart guy, even if he is, you know, some sometimes when people are old, they're not very smart, and this guy's obviously a genius. So. Yeah. yeah, I I loved again just with the world building, finding out about the gate disaster. Uh, yeah. That kind of that kind of triggered his whole situation, the right. uh, the the you know hyperspace gate, 
uh, on the moon exploded and oh, and the flashback of that was so cool too. <laughs> oh yeah. When he's, he's sitting there playing his harmonica as he does. And <laughs> then you start seeing all those sweet, like asteroid looking things coming down from the sky or whatever that is. What, Big old chunks of moon maybe? flying down. You got chunks of chunks moon, of moon okay. and you got hyperspace radiation and, Okay, and that, that's what I was thinking, is it's got some sort of radiation from the hyperspace gate. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the, whole, the whole moon exploding thing actually will come back to play uh, here in a few more episodes when uh, oh. it, it, there's, there's a, an eventual return to Earth that, uh, that does still involve some of the chunks of the moon. So okay, nice. Yeah. So Kylie, you had something to say, and then Jesse will get to your point. Yeah, I had remembered reading that there was another reason why they didn't air this particular episode, um, and it says uh, um, that this is one of three episodes that was delayed in the wake of the nine eleven attacks, and so because it contained a scene of a man falling from a high rise building oh, and burnt corpses, burning rubble, different stuff like that. Um, for that those reasons and because it was a child they did not air it and it was around 2001 that they had this adult swim so yeah wow yeah. okay and that was so graphic at the end of this episode that whole oh, totally. like it was like <laughs> it was like a new hope times 12 because instead of just seeing dead skeletons the kid is like wrapped in a dead body and it's like oh God. Know, yeah that, it's, it's pretty gross yeah, yeah. Jesse, what did you have to say? You had a you had a point to make. Yeah, you thought they smelled bad on the outside, Josh. <laughs> um, so, for my fellow viewers who have seen other anime and um, you know might be slightly more well versed, uh, did you guys get any? Um, parallel series vibes in here for me when the, with this flashback for this kid i was like okay this feels like i'm watching evangelion right now and when this is done i'm gonna go watch evangelion so was that just me or did kylie and phil did you guys were you guys like okay we gotta watch that yeah <laughs> i did not uh, I get... have it sitting on my shelf to to get to <laughs> next actually like going to probably queue up the first episode tomorrow night and just so, dive back through that one. Excellent. Evangelion was actually my first episode ever of all time. So that's exciting. Um, but no, what this reminded me oh, of when of I anime? see Callie, um, Callie's mentioning a Detective Conan, which is totally true. Um, but the one that it reminded me of is Lupin the Third, because he's got his purple um, jacket, <laughs> the suit and the, jacket, the suit jacket, and then the yeah. yellow. Yep, it's totally yep. Loop in the Third. So yes, all you anime buffs, you got your Conan, your Loop in the Third, Evangelion. Those are all like OG animes. Like I don't know anything <laughs> that you guys are talking about. <laughs> because of Phil, I know a little bit about Evangelion. That's so so Evangelion huh. um, is really where I first saw that it was like, you know, your Transformers, your big robot kind of things. And as I've mentioned on previous episodes, Gundam is always my favorite. But Evangelion was probably was that was that the first that ever oh. came out with those big robots? No, 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 um, no, 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 no. The, the mecha, the mecha it's genre is to be... like 
Gigantor or Tetsujin uh, yeah. can go way back. Okay. But Evangelion was the first one to do the kind of streamlined, sleek, or more organic looking giant okay. robots. And, and whereas they, Gundam was your first was, where you're like in the robot kind of thing, right? Yeah, or is that Evangelion, Evangelion too? Well, no. No, Evangelion was it's, definitely inspired by uh, Gundam and similar okay. stuff. Cool. It's a it's a big yeah. genre. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit off tangent, but well, yes, I, anime all day. <laughs> yep. And Evangelion is the it's meant as like a loving um, homage and parody and send up and critique of the mecha genre. So it definitely didn't come first. It it just did everything the best. To the to your point, um, it's miles better than Gundam in my opinion. So oh. that's where I sit on that. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will, I will say let's get out of the weeds here because Josh and Ricky have no idea what we're talking about, and I don't want them to feel excluded. Let's get back to this episode of Cowboy Bebop, and let me ask you: Did you guys know that trench coats could have hoods? Because I didn't know that trench coats could have hoods, and now I want one with a hood. Well, I watched episode two of loki this last week and that trench coat had a hood so yeah i kind of knew that <laughs> could happen that was spectacular oh. too <laughs> nerd Which we fashion. break down yeah I we break know. that whole episode down marvel canada madness podcast every oh. wednesday eight o'clock yep. <laughs> i did uh i i really like all the outfits of this show in general like all of them you yeah know, everyone's got a, a really significant sort of Garb? Is that, is that the right word? They are they're very iconic outfits for for all yeah. of our all of our leads. Uh, yeah, with you know, uh, Spike's suit with with Faye's whole no clothes like, at all. Yellow, yeah. all yellow gold. <laughs> Her <with>. scraps. Suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> No, everybody has scripts. everybody has like a distinct color palette to them. That's mm-hmm. very, you know, distinct. It's not to mention like Spike's green hair. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. That's definitely iconic for sure. Yeah, um, I love the shot as uh, as Spike is headed out to go fight. You know, he's just. Jet hands him one last cigarette. It's like, hey, this might be the last time we see you, but just in case. I'm surprised he didn't eat that cigarette like he did in the <laughs> During Honky Tonk Woman. <laughs> oh, thanks, uh, Jet. Which again, Oops. he didn't do. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that up for debate, I guess. I'm pretty sure he still ate that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, he spit it out in the thing. But All right, fine. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, he's going out to battle this guy. Um, I feel like Spike gets his ass kicked in this these episodes. Like these... he gets his ass kicked a lot. Okay, he... is that just a bounty hunter thing? The bounty hunters it... just get beat up a lot. Nice it's really spiking. more a Spike thing. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. the uh, the amount of time he spends wrapped in bandages is uh, <laughs> not insignificant. He heals pretty quick, though. He's got that Wolverine healing going on here. Uh, so fun thing, uh, Steve Bloom has also voiced Wolverine in addition yes. to voicing. Uh, we talked about this. In addition Josh. to voicing uh, oh. Spike. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he he voiced like Green Lantern and all sorts of other 
things, right? He's he's all over the place. He's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, Wolverine, huh. Killer Croc in the Arkham games. Yep. Uh, uh, and and Tom, the uh, the host of Toonami. Oh, dude. Okay, first of all, that's way cool. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, but he actually won. Um, Steve Bloom won uh, Guinness Book uh, Book of World Records, whatever for um, most for the voice number of voices for, he's done. Um, but, but for video games specifically, so yeah. it's like Call of Duty and like all your big names and stuff like that. So yeah. No, he's pretty huge. He has an incredibly recognizable voice wherever he wherever he shows up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's actually the the second voice of Tom. the The original one was Sonny Straight. I was gonna say for I feel like, like the Sunny, very yeah. first. Yeah, Sonny Sonny did the voice the very first iteration of Tom. Cool. And then all the subsequent ones have been Steve Bloom. Awesome. Tom. I didn't see. I never watched Toonami, so like you saying Tom from Toonami just makes me think of Face from Nick Jr. <laughs> I mean, he served the same purpose. Oh, <laughs> he served. He served pretty much the exact same purpose as Face. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a total badass, though. Oh, they God, changed I, Face's voice eventually, man, though, and I quit watching. It was like when you. It was like the moment I realized I grew up. I was like, <laughs> oh, Face's, face's voice true. changed. I'm done. So Got I probably would have done the same thing with Toonami. <laughs> when you knew when Tom came on on Toonami, you knew it was 5 p.m. and like you're done with your homework and like you can... <laughs> it's time to just chill out with watch the anime, cool shows. dude. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I never got to enjoy those. Too fun, too fun. Um, I, you know, there's not not a lot much else to talk about other than the child getting shot in the face again. Like, (laughs) what? Like three times in this episode, right? No, it's twice. He's not a child. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) He's dressed as one. No, he, the 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 target, I guess. Um. I really liked the scene when <laughs> Spike, when he like throw uh, the. I want. I keep wanting to call him the kid. When the when. guy, when when he W-E-N. When he th- yeah when, <laughs> when he throws the wheelchair dude down the stairs, and Spike <laughs> catches him and then turns around and just blasts the dude in the face, mm-hmm. and then and then you go he goes to check up on him obviously to see his dead body and there's just blood everywhere the blood and no splatter <laughs> um, yeah i had i'd made a note uh, actually about just the blood splatter on the floor after that shot it's it was interesting cuz i was like so this ki- oh, see this kid just can't <laughs> die so he's just been around forever and ever and ever and he can't die for like 30 years was it only 30 years that yeah, it's somewhere around like a yeah, yeah. It's since well, the, that's since boring. The gate I like to I like, like to thirty think years. That, that's boring. I like to think the gate exploded <laughs> three hundred years ago, and he's been a child. <laughs> uh, the the whole like timeline of Cowboy Bebop is actually pretty compressed compared to a lot of shows. I mean, as far, what's the what's the timeline? Is it like a month long period or something? Uh, well, I, I just mean from like uh, Spike's whole backstory. His his. Death oh, okay. that he mentioned in the fifth uh, fifth session was uh, was three years ago, and oh, then okay. the the hyperspace gate explosion on the moon was thirty years ago. Oh, so okay. it's you no, know, it's not. not uh, 
the overall like scope of the galaxy at that point you know it's not right it's not supposed to be that far out and that's you know that's that's interesting they they, they could they got 30 years they could play with if they ever wanted to bring this show back <laughs> i mean i don't know do you, do you think they're going to air this episode on netflix do you think they'll have this same kind of villain during the live action i i think they could definitely get away with it a little more with netflix i mean have you seen Umbrella Academy? Absolutely. <laughs> Number five. Oh, man. Number five. five. Oh. <laughs> Number five all day, dude. <laughs> that would be actually, awesome. Actually, I love Number um, Five for lots of stuff. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd actually be a great actor to cat for them to cast if they, uh, would be if they wanted to pull him in for... Uh, all he needs to do is learn from how to play Bebop, just grab just grab Aiden Gallagher for that like one oh, episode. Brilliant. That's that's perfect. I, th- I think uh, if they didn't cast him for that role, then they're making a mistake <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, the more of this show I watch, though, the more excited I am for the live action. I don't know. I like live action adaptations of things. Um, and maybe it's because I liked Ghost in the Shell. A lot of people didn't really like the live action ghost in the show, which is fine. I bought it. I <laughs> still, you know, I watched it a couple times. So I am extremely excited to see the adap- the live action adaptation. And the more of these villains and the more of these shots that I see, um, God, especially in this episode, you get a lot of really good cityscape episode er, shots. Yeah. And seeing those, it, it's very reminiscent of like Blade Runner. Um, yes. The, the last shot of the show was like a Blade Runner shot, and you know, again, the, the color palettes and all that, the schemes of these episodes are all different, and I really enjoying that for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and then well, I guess I, I would say that the the next part is pretty much just to talk about the final time. I'm just <laughs> their fu- their going. last final confrontation. Final time with the when. kid gets shot in the head. Yeah, did she shoot him with a bullet made out of that ring? Is that what yes. happens? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so I must have Jet, that. Jet actually took the stone. They they talk about how the stone contains the same energy from the gate accident, and that it should, in theory, um, undo what the gate explosion did. Okay. So so Jet makes a single bullet out of it and then spike takes off with what's basically like a tranquilizer gun (laughs) spike takes off with what's basically like a tranquilizer gun with that one bullet loaded in it yeah and that that was and he perfect shot too like and i love the the badassery of spike where he's just standing (laughs) yes as three shots come in And he barely like moves his cheek when he gets hit, and he's like, "You know what? I'm done with this." Yep. And oh. I really like that. Sorry, Ricky, go for it. Yeah. So Giraffe was tracking uh, this when. Yeah. And he had it as a ring. Yes. Are we supposed to believe that Giraffe was going to punch this ring straight into his forehead and achieve the same thing? I have been like Kryptonite. When he's around the ring, it it like takes his powers away. Maybe. Right. I, I thought of it more as just a threat. Just, mm. uh, hey, I don't want to have to okay. do this, but I have what I would need in order to take you out. Um, give me my friend Spike back. is like, screw that. I'm <laughs> just going to take him out. Yeah. 
No, that's uh, that's cool. Kylie, is there any other things that we're missing from this episode? Um, any, other, I don't, any other notes? I don't think so. Not, I mean, uh, episode storyline-wise, no. Okay. I had one little thing, uh, just a fun little note from the episode. I love how Spike and Jet treat Faye. <laughs> She's like oh lounging around in all her skimpy clothes and kind of trying to be hot girl manipulative towards them. And they, and don't they have none any of it. of it. They have zero interest. It's like, here's your bill. We're going to go get some money. That money is not for you. So you handle your own finances. And quit eating Moving the damn on. dog food. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that she was dogs. just trying to control and manipulate them. They're like, nah, nah, sorry, hun. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and hopefully they start being a little bit nicer to her. That's there, or or maybe maybe away. she'll start being a little bit more. Well, they will um, if she if she uh, you know yeah deserves if she it. feeds the they're, dog. Their their working relationship is in <laughs> development over the whole course of the story. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, Jesse, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as this episode goes before we move into our next segments? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers everything I had. The second episode, I ran into the same issue that I did last week, where it's like, I'm writing a bunch of notes, I'm really noticing the aesthetic, I'm loving the music, I'm loving the visuals, and then the last, like, ten minutes of the episode, I just can't, I can't stop watching long enough to write a note down, um, outside of just, like, I love the sci-fi aspects of this show they're not overly heavy-handed it's you know kind of star trekky where they're like here's a thing that happened here's a here's a jumbly jargony explanation of it you don't really need to get it it's good enough you understand as much as you need to understand right so um yeah i just uh, this episode is is for me one of the few episodes of television in general that you can just like I could, as soon as it's done, I could hit restart and watch it again and be, have just as good a time personally. Like it just, I, I'm in love with this episode's music and the visuals. Like I was saying, all of the tropes fit together perfectly for me. I just, yeah, this, I, I, I don't think I have any other notes other than damn, it's beautiful. <laughs> all right. Um, got, well then let's, oh, oh, sorry. Go for it, Phil. I, I, got? I got, I got two more fairly quick things. Uh, I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the um, title of the episode uh, coming from the Rolling Stones song. Oh, yes. That was one of my fun facts. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because um, Honky Tonk Woman was also a Rolling Stones song, too. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, And then so the final line of the episode, uh, when Spike throws the harmonica up in the air and pretends to shoot it. Bang. Just bang. bang. Yeah. So that line is the high, like one of the high points of the whole episode for me because it, it'll, it'll come back. Yeah. Um, but okay. it became okay. such an iconic line for Steve Bloom that he actually has it tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's the the sonic waveform of his voice saying nice. "bang,", Bang. Oh, and he has wow, yeah, 
and he used it as his sign-off back in 2008, I think, when Toonami was going off of the air. Tom signed off with Bang. That is so cool, man. Yeah. It's it's become become a very popular kind of thing for Steve Bloom, just as kind of a connection to the character. Heck yeah. I love that. I love the, uh, the iconic, like, I don't know. Well, that became, the, I love that it became an iconic thing, just that yeah. one little line. You know? All the things that Steve Bloom has done, Spike was his first. Yeah. Um, oh, so. okay. Was one of his first, it was like his first big anime. His first he, big, actually, yeah. okay. he actually did it under a pseudonym. Really? What, yeah. what was his pseudonym before? Uh, cool. What was it? Um, Solid Snake, right? No, it, uh, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Intrepid DM, Reconixie, and Fedra Mark for joining us. Thanks hang for on. coming in. Um, Phil is looking up the pseudonym for uh, Steve Bloom, the voice actor. He, of, he had it. It's in the credits. Uh, David Lucas. Oh, okay. So he's he's in the credits at the end of the show as David Lucas. Huh. All right. Yeah. That's uh those are those are good things to know. I did want to move on to this speaking of good things to know. Kylie does have a set of fun facts. So, let's go into Kylie's fun facts. Chaos squared. Chaos squared. Uh Phil took my second one, The Rolling Stones. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, kudos to you. Um, so this first one, it was something that I don't know because I'm a weirdo when it comes to music. I love, um, classic rock. As you guys have noticed, I have, I'm always dropping classic rock stuff, you know, the David Bowie, the last, last episode, the Rolling Stones. So I'm sitting here and I am watching episode five. Um, and Rosie actually mentioned this, um, way earlier in the episode, this particular one, um, in the chat that she really, really liked the song when, um, you know, Spike gets pushed out of the window and he's all fallen and it's all beautiful and theatrical. Um, there's a song that plays called the rain and it's a song that's, you know, written by Yoko Okano, like we talked about and then performed by the seatbelts. And I'm sitting there listening to it and I was like, I know this song. I've heard this song a million times. Well, another thing that I really like another music genre that I really like is gangster rap. (laughs) very very big juxtaposition to classic rock i don't know where that comes from but anywho um there is a you live in inglewood that's perhaps perhaps (laughs) but there is a a rapper here in america his name is tech nine um been around for a long time he's just always been my favorite listen to him or not whatever um but i'm sitting here and i'm listening to it and i'm like oh my gosh i've heard this song it's called the rain um when Tech Nine sings it, and I was looking it up on Google, he absolutely sampled that beat from this song, from the seatbelts, from Yoko Kano. My favorite rapper totally did this song by sampling up this. Yeah. That's very, very crazy. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just thought it was funny that I even caught it because I'm just like a super fan of Tech 9 or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, come to find out, he absolutely sampled it from Cowboy Bebop. Um, and it just goes to show, I think it's really neat that Bebop pulls from, you know, Rolling Stone songs and different things of culture 
but that it's so cool and so popular and everybody thinks that it's just like so top notch that, you know, different parts of media, different parts of pop culture, you'll find Cowboy Bebop everywhere. And I think that, that is so super cool. Okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm there. Uh, my other one was Sympathy for the Devil, Rolling Stones. Um, somebody who makes the show must really like Rolling Stone, which, which is cool. Um, but other than that, um, I think that's it for my fun facts. And I'm very excited to get into our segments, which is some of the funnest parts of the show. Heck yes. yes. So let's actually, you know what? Before we get into the first segment, so we don't forget, let's rate these episodes because I don't want to forget about that and then have to do an intermission rate of these episodes next week when you know so we're gonna do that we'll we'll rate both episodes at the same time we'll start with Jesse go to Kylie go to Phil go to Ricky and then I will finish off so let's start with Jesse what are you gonna rate these two episodes so the first episode Ballad of Fallen Angels It's really high on the list for me. Um, I'm going to have to give it like, I would say, I don't know. It's it's hard for me not to rate it as high as possible. But I would go with like, say, probably an 8.9 for that episode. I mean, it's really, really high up there. There's a couple things that hold it back for me. Uh, nothing huge, obviously. Um, but it uh, it's just breathless, right? Like, I feel like by the time it's over, I, I haven't had a moment to breathe since it started. And that's a thing that I love in my pacing and, and definitely in my anime because that's kind of a difficult thing to pull off when you have to draw it, right? Because you have to really um, express that sense of speed and desperation and just constant chaos with drawn lines. So it's it's very high on the list for me. Um, now that having been said, uh, episode six, Sympathy for the Devil, is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series overall. So I'm going to give that one a 9.5. And that's not to say that there are only a couple of episodes better than it, but, um, it's just, it's that it's, that's how much I love this episode. Like, as soon as it was done, I, I watched this episode once on Wednesday, and then I've had the music in my head since then. So I watched it again today. And then when we went to get coffee before the show, I was listening to the soundtrack. I was listening to clutch. It it just, this episode just sticks with me because it's so, everything in it is just dripping with style, right? Like there's nothing pedestrian in this episode. Everything is cool. Everything is moody. Everything is bluesy. Everything fits so well thematically i mean a hyperspace portal explodes and it's and it creates an infinity stone that knocks a child out of time that's just cool and there's a corvette and there's bounties and there's just it's so entertaining there's so much in this episode so yeah for me this one is actually even higher than the one prior i give this episode a 9.5 that is wow that's that's incredible even rona says 8.9 really wow yeah th- those are some pretty high ratings coming from mm-hmm. you jesse <laughs> they are but i rate on my emotions so <laughs> um kylie what is or what are sorry my english is just awful today what are your ratings oh man um Gosh, I want to say I got to I got to do at least an eight for session five, uh, Ballad of Fallen Angels. 
there is a lot going on in that episode. Um, you got the opera house where that's like super intense. Um, but then you got the love triangle. And first of all, I got to say, I don't think we talked enough about Annie. That's probably one of my favorite characters. What a oh, cool yeah. character. I, I was just watching, um, what is it, Mr. Deeds the other day, the Adam Sandler, and it kind of reminded me of, uh, I can't remember what her name is, but, you know, the big, the, the her, his best friend. Oh, the friend pizza, is, lady? The, yeah. the pizza lady? Yeah. Do you know what yeah, her yeah, name yeah. is? Do you remember her name? I can't oh, remember. Oh, well, if it isn't Miss Slut Slut. The one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's just, you know, that, like, good old, like, probably really kind-hearted, um, I don't know. So let's, yeah, I'm just going to shout out to Annie, or to Annie there. So eight, um, eight for that one. Okay. And then uh, session six, sympathy for the devil. Man, I gotta go ahead and say that that's a nine, um, just because the villain is probably one of the coolest villains, one of the coolest concepts of a villain that I've seen um, across the board on anything. So I'm gonna give that one a nine. All right, perfect. Phil, what are your ratings for episodes five and six? So. For Ballad of Fallen Angels, session five, I have to give it at least an eight and a half out of ten. Um, again, because it is such a kickstart to the overarching plot of the series. Um, I, I know going through this, if I were going through the series for the first time, I would not necessarily rate it quite that high. But just going back through it and ha knowing how it ties into everything that comes down the line, uh, I got to give that one an eight and a half. Um, nice. And for uh, session six, for Sympathy for the Devil, um, I, I, I can't go quite as high as Jesse and Kylie on this one just because I, I think it was a fun concept with the villain, but I don't. I wouldn't say that it's it's Bebop's best, uh, but give it some bonus points back for uh, for the whole bang uh, bit. Uh, so let's call that one a seven out of ten. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. And Ricky, let's go with you. Five and six. Uh, Ballad of the Fallen Angels. I first wrote down eight point five, but while we were doing this episode and thinking about everything, I think I. I had to bump it up to a nine. Uh, it was just that final scene, the whole church fight aspect. That was so cool. And that bumped me up to a nine. Sympathy for the devil. I'm going down to 8.5, which is still a very high score. Uh, and I think I might be mimicking J Phil and Jesse a little more. If I had more experience, I felt very lost in this episode. I have no idea who the lion and the giraffe are. Uh, I was really struggling with holding on to some information, but it was still a really great episode with really good villain, a really good villain. Eight and a half. All right. Um, perfect. So originally on uh, session five, I had given it a seven. Um, that was my original rating, and I just changed it as you guys were all talking. A, because Phil said this episode has more implications for the future, which is wonderful, and I love that. And Ricky also said that he had changed his rating, so I'm also going to change my rating from a 7 to an 8.5 because it was really good. That church scene was badass, and that, like, the I'm pretty sure most of our shots of the show come from that scene, so 
this episode was badass. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Um, also, the opera scene reminding me of Fifth Element is a bonus. So <clears throat> um, episode six, I'm going to go ahead and rate that one an 8.5 because the villain has been is my favorite so far. Um, so I'm going to keep it on par with the last episode and give it the same rating at an 8.5. Um, I just, you know, he was he was a cool villain. And seeing him age at the very end was, I don't know, creepy it and was, satisfying. It was very, uh, it was very Last Crusade. Yeah, very <laughs> much. Yes, that's, that's wonderful. Um, okay, so... Let's move on to the next segment of the show, which is that is the Spiegel spiel. This is the part of the show where we give our favorite lines of the episodes. If we have lines from each episode, great. If not, also great. Um, let's go in the same order. We're going to start with Jesse, go to Kylie, then Phil, then Ricky. Then I will finish off our favorite line to the show. Start with episode five, then give your episode six. So my favorite line for Spiegelspiel this week for episode five is, uh, I mean, I don't mean to take anybody's line, but when, when Spike says, I bled all of that kind of blood away, and Vicious says, then why are you still alive? I just love that because... First, it took me a second to pick up that response, right? Because I was like, what? Oh, because all of his blood is that kind of, I see what you did there, Vicious. It took me a second. But then I was like, damn, that's really cool. Like, it was so quick and cool that I almost missed it. So I, I there's not really much else I feel like I have to say about that line, right? And that's that's kind of my pick for Spiegelspiel for episode uh, episode five sorry what about episode six? Oh, i do have one for episode six sorry i forgot i was supposed to do two at once the second one is not the whole exchange um that i'm gonna mention here and you guys will know the exchange that i'm talking about my shot my pick for spiegelspiel from this exchange is just the part where spike says a baby hipster very cool <laughs> that was cute yep I thought it was funny that they still that they used the word hipster back then. I, I guess I didn't realize that that's uh, been a word forever and ever and ever. Let's oh see. yeah, there, there I am showing how young I am. <laughs> Evolution of the word. That's cool. <laughs> that's great, Kylie. What are your Spiegel spiels for episodes five and six? Or if you only have one, then that's fine. <laughs> so I, yeah, I do not have one for five because I picked a um, a scene, but for session six. Um, it was just one that I thought was kind of fun. It's not necessarily true, but sometimes we like to pretend it is. Um, where Faye, um, Faye's talking, she says, girls needs to be, girls need to be pampered because we are delicate and refined. <laughs> no, we're very strong and we don't need to be pampered, but sometimes we dog. like to, so... <laughs> Yeah, this is right after she's eating dog food. Out yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, what the hell? So delicate and refined. Scarfing dog food. Yeah. I would go in. Yeah. yeah. Not even just eating it. Oof. Um. All right. Excellent. Phil, what are your lines for episode five uh, and six, or just one if you only get one? So for back to Ballad of Fallen Angels, uh, you got Spike. Uh, 
in the middle of the whole exchange with uh, with Vicious in the church. Spike says, I'm just watching a bad dream I never wake up from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that one has stuck with me for, you know, almost two decades now. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then for uh, for episode six, uh, the the final bit notwithstanding, uh, again, Spike uh, on his way out the door, you know, on his way out of the bebop, just says to Jet, you know, kind of makes it interesting. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, Jet's telling him, you know, there's the no chance that it's going to work for sure. And Jet just says, yeah. or Spike just says, kind of makes it interesting. Yeah. That is cool. I like that. I like that badass line. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a badass. He gets, he gets a lot of the one liners. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Um, all right, Ricky, what are your lines for the show? Your favorite speaker? Uh, I picked a line that Josh was complaining about earlier. Uh, I loved it when Faye was sitting around with Ayn after uh, Jet and Spike had just stormed out. And she goes, men are such babies. <laughs> uh, that definitely got a laugh out loud moment from me. And nice. then for sympathy for the devil, I was really trying to hold on to all the information this episode. And I was just confused as could be. So there was that moment where uh, Spike asked Jet, get the picture. Jet goes, yeah, as if, and uh, Jet goes, yeah, I know. It was just, it spoke to the confusion of the entire thing because he didn't know if he was going to be able to defeat Wen. He didn't. There's all this weird thing because Wen's a child and he's an immortal child, and all this confusion. And they're like, yeah, we're just as confused as you guys are. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a line. I think that will speak to first time viewers. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so my two lines, um, or is it? Oh, so episode five, sorry, session five. Line of the show was, comes from Annie, um, you're a stubborn show-off. You think it'd kill you to listen to your elders once. I liked that. That was funny. I'm pretty sure one of my elders has said that to me at least once in my life. Um, and then the second... Yeah, the second shot um, in episode six, huh, session six, it's very it's very brief, but it's from when, I think the kid, God, the <laughs> old man boy. <laughs> um, he says, it's like throwing pearls to swine. I don't know why that stuck out so much. I just thought that was a pretty cool way to say just throwing it away, basically. Yeah, and it's it's a a fun kind of older phrase that somebody living at his time would have maybe known, but that somebody somebody you know one of Spike's contemporaries might not have been familiar with the phrase. Right. Yeah, that's uh, I, I really liked that one. So sweet. All right, great, great, great. We got one more thing to go through here, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Um, again, apologies for all the uh, things happening this episode. It has been a crazy episode. It has been a fun episode. Um, but, yeah, sorry we're going a little bit longer than normal this week. 
So, all right, here we go. Our next segment. That's right. It's time for a shot of the show um, where we talk about each shot that we liked. And we'll go in the same order. Jesse, Kylie, Phil, Ricky, then me. Um, we'll do both episode five and six at the same time. Um, so what I'm going to do is flash it right now. Here we go. This is Jesse's first shot of the show for session five. Uh, Jesse, go ahead and tell us about it. So this shot takes place at 1825 if you're watching on Hulu. Um, of course, this is one of those shots that when you see it, your mind just goes, oh, yep, that's the one right there. Um, this is, I don't know, silhouettes have always gotten me. I love the simplicity of a good silhouette. Um, I really like the just the contrast. And in this image, we have our characters actually being really, really small. And the window is the focus, right? So the thoughts and the spirituality and the moral code of these men is what's on display here, not necessarily the men themselves. And it's just... There's, I mean, how many cool bridge fight scenes have you seen in movies and TV and everything? You know, I mean, they're all over the place. So to get one that, you know, doesn't feel like it's copied from anything... And specifically, I think it's the detail on this window, which is just amazingly intricate and ridiculous. Um, I think that it just, it's one of those scenes that sticks in your head even when the show is over. So that's why I had to pick that one. Uh, For episode six, the uh, time code, if you're watching on Hulu at home, will be nine minutes and 45 seconds. And this is a shot of Spike in the smoke-filled blues bar where he goes back to see the uh, kid play harmonica again. Uh, So this is actually the second time that we see Spike sitting at this table by himself. And the thing that I like about this is that it addresses that thing that Josh was talking about. I don't remember if it was last episode or the episode prior, but where... All the characters that are not Spike have almost no detail on them. They're all one color. They don't really have more than one layer of shading. And that's because they're not important, right? And that's how Spike is experiencing this room. It's just sort of a a brown din noise behind him. The smoke is hanging there. You can feel it. You can almost, you know, smell it. And it just, he has this all alone in a room full of people feeling pretty constantly. And this shot really serves to illustrate that. And it just sets the mood so well for the whole episode. I mean, the whole episode really feels like you're in the underground basement bar of this this character's soul, right? And he's bearing it all. So I just... Yeah, those are those are my two shots this week. Thank you for pulling those, Josh. They look great on stream, by the way. Yeah, no problem. I got shots for every person in here this time, and they all they all look like that. I'm excited about it. And Kylie, you're next on shot of the show. Um, I believe you had one right from episode. You had a line from episode six and a shot from episode five, right? That's correct. Tell us about this shot. Okay, so I picked this one um, just kind of as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, I just thought it was just so very 
poetic and beautiful and anime and you know again how how can we make this scene the most epic most beautiful most memorable kind of thing and oh we should definitely have him fall out of you know the window with debris in slow motion with very beautiful song kind of thing um but it worked so that's why i picked it <laughs> heck yeah i don't remember the exact time code on that but it was uh i, yeah, I don't i don't have the time code I don't know, but it's when Spike is fallen out of the window in the church in session five. Um, that I think that whole scene was just incredible where they're going to the flashbacks and stuff. So, all right. Excellent shot of the show. Would have been Phil. around 19 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> <God>. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took stupidly detailed notes. <laughs> oh, well, hey, man. That's great. Um, speaking of that, so you also have some shots of the show. You took both of my shots. Good thing I had some backups because um, you took some of the good ones. So let's start off with your session five shot. Tell us a little bit about this one. All right. Uh, so, yeah, no, this this one, you get uh, shots throughout the episode with Vicious and his bird. And I just loved the kind of similar perching imagery of this, you know, where he's almost mimicking uh, that posture or he's just sitting there waiting because he knows the spikes coming. Heck yeah. Um, let me go ahead and find your next shot here. I believe you had, yes, this is the one here we go. Yep. This is it. Yep. So we got, um, uh, when just smirk right before Spike's last bullet hits him. That's a uh, time code is about 20 minutes, 35 seconds into the episode. And just his sheer confidence that nothing, nothing that Spike can do can actually touch him. Yeah. And, you know, he's obviously very suddenly proven wrong. But... Right. And again, that was my first choice. It's a very good choice. I uh, I really liked every aspect of that that one. So, all right, Ricky. <laughs> all right, you are my up. First... Let me. Uh... Yeah. Sorry. You go ahead and start talking about it. Sure. Go for it. My first episode, <laughs> uh, my first shot from episode five, was pretty much exactly at the three minute mark, and that's when you. It's one of our first shots of vicious. And I was just immediately struck by this looks so much like Sephiroth. So that's oh, where I originally okay. started calling him that. And it was also just a very good shot that just, it says a lot about his character. He's very dark. He's very brooding. He's very capable. And I just thought that was a really cool shot. Heck yeah. I, I really, again, I got, I got those fantasy, Final Fantasy vibes a lot mm -hmm. in this. And his long skinny sword, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I got your next shot here. Here we go. Uh, this was, uh, it was basically when Spike was going in to confront Well, and he had all these suspicions and he knew he needed this stone, but he finally had confirmation that this kid was kind of ageless and he was, uh, Wen was basically telling him, everything that he thought was right. And he was just standing in the middle of that room with the spotlight shining down on him and everything was dawning on him that this is going exactly the way that he had planned. Yeah, Excellent choice. Cool shot. Yeah. He looks like he's getting ready to 
perform or something. I like it. <laughs> and it's a great yeah. contrast to the uh, shot of him at the, in the uh, in the jazz lounge too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, this is my shot, the one that I was trying to do earlier. Um, I really like the cityscape again and the the color of it and him walking up that like i get i don't know if you ever played the game bloodborne but i get some bloodborne vibes from this shot it definitely looks like 16-bit snes era where there would be characters and stuff you're doing in front and they'd just be kind of weird blurry like backgrounds (laughs) just kind of giving you this looming scary feeling kind of like the backgrounds in castlevania or metroid or something like that Definitely, yeah. definitely. No doubt. Um, I like that. I like that you say that, that they're like, and again, the the cityscapes, I really liked, this was like the final shot of episode six, session six, um, where Spike is basically standing over the guy's body and right, right, as he, right before he throws the harmonica up, it does the pan out and shows the cityscape and Spike's shadow. And I just... I really liked that shot as well. Um, so yeah, those are those are some good shots. Uh, I know that Jesse will have something with some of those shots, possibly maybe on the Instagrams. Um, I will since I have them saved on my computer. I'll put some up on my Instagrams as well at Twist My Arm Podcast. Um, okay, Phil, you want to give us some plugs where people can find you if uh, if you'd like people to find you or anything that you're working on or any projects or anything like that? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at FlipWriter. Uh, you can find a blog where I do a whole bunch of stuff about book reviews and uh, some stories of my whole like grad school experience as a library science student at uh, swordsoftheancients.com and you can see me and hear me occasionally in uh, session 0 a D&D conversation on YouTube okay i just want to make sure everybody heard that phil is a sexy librarian <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible um okay i think that's gonna call it up i you know this has been a a really weird show i feel like every single one of us was a host at some point in time in this show and every single one of us did a fantastic job and i want to thank everyone in the chat for hanging out with us um while we figure our our shit out um this is what this is what an award-winning podcast does you know they they pivot and they do everything they can to make the show the best it can be. Um, so again, thank you guys so much. Follow us on Twitter at sudden, but um, you got Kylie at miss my arm cast me at twist my arm cast Ricky at best flicks, Ricky D. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. I know that next week, Jesse will have so much more to say and so many corrections of, of how we, I don't know. We'll have corrections next week, I'm sure. Um, But for now, not so fast, Space Cow Josh. We can't get out of here without issuing some big shouts for the Bounty Hunters. 
this week, I cannot start this segment with anyone other than at Biz on Twitter and Instagram. His handmade wooden geek signs feature ships from all your favorite space fandoms. And if that's not your jam, check out his Etsy shop for something that is. I guarantee you will find something you like. Also on Instagram this week is our friend and supporter Geek Etched. They do etched glass with a geeky twist, including a range of D&D style glasses that suit paladins and rogues alike. Check them out at geeketched.co.uk. And our last two big shout outs this week go to indie podcasters from Twitter because a rising tide lifts all ships and we wouldn't be where we are without that swell of support. So first up is at what the famicom that's at w t f a m i c o m which is a gaming podcast for people who hate gaming podcasts and our second one is at sinister hour sinister story hour a podcast that is spooky fun creepy and weird now of course don't forget to go to twistmyarmpodcast.com to register for tma podcon 21 a free podcaster virtual brainstorming session designed to help us all focus the direction of aforementioned rising tide. All right, I'm done. Go ahead, Josh. Thank you guys for watching the Sudden But Inevitable Rewop Rebop podcast. My name is Josh. This is Ricky. This is Kylie. I'm Jesse. I'm Philip. Hey, <laughs> we're going to talk to you guys next week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>